Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the OrcoCast. My name is the Orcosaurus, and in this podcast, I'm talking to indie game developers about their games and the video game industry in general. So, if you like my show, then please consider subscribing on YouTube, thumb the video up, ring the bell, leave a comment, and if you're listening to one of the many podcast platforms, please consider us giving a review. And if you want to support us, please check out our Patreon. Thank you, everyone, and now on to the show. Here we go. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Orcacast. With me today is Tom from Dramatic Iceberg. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, Orco. Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, my name is Tommaso. I am from Italy. We're currently, uh, me and my team, based in Turin. And I mostly do design and some PR and whatnot work. So, uh, people in my team just started calling me the Shaker of Ants. And, well, yeah, I well, my, my surname means green in Italian. So, that's a little fun fact. <laughs> nice fun fact. Okay, so um, you are working for Dramatic Iceberg, as you said, and you are currently gearing up as this is recorded. Once everyone listens to it, the game will be out. Links in the description. You're currently gearing up to release yeah. Garden Inn. Yeah, we're just one week short of the release. Uh, everyone in the studio is, you know, they're, they're really hyped up for the release. We've been waiting to uh, have our first game out and uh, we're really trying to do our best and, uh, you know, publish a really cool game that people can enjoy. So, since this is your first, uh, since this is your studio's first game, how does it feel to release it to the public? Well. <laughs> Uh, I would say it's a complicated feeling since uh, it, it's a bit unreal because we have, you know, shared the game with many, many people over the last year. We got uh, tons of feedbacks and uh, people trying it out. Uh, we have showcased a bunch and uh, we kept working on it just, you know, because we wanted to improve and we wanted to make a better game. But now that, you know, the, the finish line is in sight, it's, uh, I'm really hoping that you know all the people will see the game be like yeah this this gardening game is well made i i like it i enjoy it and uh, you know it's quite uh, a bit anxious but you know also quite reward rewarding to see uh, the finish line and you know cross it with everyone on the team i mean garden in is currently on the trending tab on steam so i'm pretty sure it were it, it at least has some buzz behind it right now um, so before we continue, tell us a bit about Garden Inn itself. What what can the player expect from the game? So Garden Inn is a sandbox experience where you grow plants inside a diorama-like environment. And uh, it's meant to be a slow and relaxing game where you just have to create your or your own indoor garden with these little and cute fantastic plants that we totally made up uh, and uh, you can decorate the various spaces you can uh, take care of the plants and uh, well they, they may 
the major thing and the, the primary reason why gardening came to be was just because uh, everyone wanted to have kind of virtual like garden where they could take player take care of their plants uh, you know just enjoy the vibe and uh, you know just uh, after a long day of work kind of zone out and relax so i hope we are able to deliver that feeling to everyone i'm pretty sure you can um because i played it a little bit and it, it is really a very cozy a very um serene experience that is nothing like or i would say not nothing but that is different from the usual game games where you solve your conflicts basically with actions uh with with action or or let's say violence or force um garden inn has nothing like that so um how how did you come up with the idea of garden inn so uh about a bit more than a year ago now uh we were all quarantined so everyone was closed because you know uh, uh the covid happened and everyone was working from home and uh, at the time we were working on on, on a different project and uh, at one point one of our artists which is you know uh, he has a he really likes his plants and he's actually a, a great person who uh, enjoys having his own uh, not virtual but quite real garden in his house uh, he tells us about why how he's growing his plant and uh, how we could also take some plants to you know grow with us and you know just kind of have this company shared moment where everyone kind of tries to grow its plant and uh, it kind of stuck with us so we decided to try it out some of us but the real bummer was that uh, we weren't really great at growing our plants and it, it's something that I feel it's uh, quite uh, relatable to some people you know just you really like you have a plant you really like it but you just can't keep it you know green or you can just uh, have it growing for a long time and uh, so most of our of the plants that we had kind of just withered away and it was it, it is quite the sad story but uh, from that point on, another one of our artists uh, kind of started sketching and drawing this kind of uh, different vases uh, uh, all lined up together with different plants and they all have had like notes and tags and whatnot like this this plant is like this this plant is green and grows only on the top of the mountains and so she just started sketching various types of plants and we were like well we like plants we couldn't keep our plants alive but we could make some virtual plants and so we kind of started digging the idea of making a virtual garden and uh, we started uh, prototyping and making this as kind of secondary project just you know to uh, pass some time every now and then but after a little while uh, the game kind of just turns out quite alright and we started sharing with other people and other developers here and uh, they say wow this is looks really, really nice looks really cool uh, you should totally make a full game out of it you should just you know focus more on this and you could fix that or you could do this and so slowly gardening became like our most important project just because people were just so into it and so we decided to double down and just say screw it let's 
let's make gardening, let's make gardening a reality. And well, one year later or so, here we are. The game is almost out, so quite the journey. It's actually, yeah, it's quite a journey. Uh, so you've been working on the game for around a year, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, a little bit more than a year, but you know, give or take. That is actually impressive. How many people do you have, or how many people work at your studio? So we have uh, around 10 people working on and off on various things. Uh, some of them are collaborators who, you know, we work with them when uh, we need certain things. Uh, and uh, the, the founders and the core team is quite, uh, it's a bit smaller, we're like four people, but we, we're, we're still like a big family, so we still uh, all work together in a very qualitarian way. So we try to uh, kind of level with everyone when working. So how, how, did the, how did the core team meet each other? How did you um, become the game studio Dramatic Iceberg in the end? So the, uh, here in Italy, uh, there is a game development school called uh, Event Horizon. And uh, mm -hmm. that, so we came uh, from different parts of Italy and everyone with a different background and kind of met up during this game development school mm -hmm. and uh, so we everyone followed different courses and took different classes uh, but in the end we uh, were also asked to do a kind of game lab project where we all worked together to make a game and so we kind of meshed up together and meet each other and uh, in the end we were like well i like this team we like each other we work quite well together so let's make a team shall we and that's basically the the origin story for dramatic iceberg the origin story mm. I like that okay um and did you have i mean you you basically said you came up with the concept out of more, more or less through your artist and uh, inspiration but down the line when you look at garden and has there any any bigger influence of another game or maybe a book or anything on the game or was it really just something where you said yeah we didn't really have any big influence we just did our own thing so there were a couple of inspiration mostly where we kind of took a little bit of that and that there were there is this game which is called Cloud Gardens, uh, which is a game about um, decorating these kind of post-apocalyptic dioramas. But, but you do so by actually growing plants and uh, all sorts of things in it. And that was a big inspiration for the uh, diorama-ish part of the game uh, because it, it works so well and uh, the environment was so so pretty to look at and then there was another game uh, which was which is called the Viridi I don't know how it's pronounced but um, it's a game it's a free game on Steam where you have this kind of enormous pot of you know ground and uh, slowly uh, you can put seeds in it and they slowly start growing and uh, they do actually grow in real time and so that that's like the other half of the equation was like yeah well part of the experience of you know growing a real life plant it's uh, day after day watching it you know grow from a little seed uh, to a seedling to a sprout and then you know you have a full plant uh, and so we were like well yeah we should have something that's similar so the plants should grow uh, using real time as a reference 
uh, because you know the game isn't fast-paced. You know, it, it, it is meant to uh, slow down and take your time. So we thought, well, yeah. this works with the formula. Uh, uh, and these were the main two inspiration that we kind of took hold of. And uh, some people also, when we were talking about the game, really uh, mostly have thrown at us the that we the garden looks very similar to unpacking. Uh, I mean, it, it is mostly true, but it, it wasn't actually really intended uh, to be uh, like that or as a reference in general. But you know, we I take that as a compliment, so it works. Definitely. So how so how did you? I mean, keeping an indoor garden is um, I would say probably something uh, is a little bit dif different from your uh, usual games where you like play cards or just shoot at enemies or whatnot. How did you go about the gamification of the subject matter? How did you approach that? I mean, that you then it's in the end something like a game so we first of all we knew that we wanted to make something sandbox like so we're players would have a lot of freedom doing uh, many different actions uh, and we still wanted that, that the main focus of the game were not uh, you know just decorating a room with whatever but were you know the plants and growing different plants and so um, most of the things I mean basically everything is just unlocked by growing your different plants and unlocking them so we decided to tie everything to that knot so to unlock new new things new decorations furnitures your rooms you still have to grow plants uh you could go whatever you like in how in whichever capacity you want uh and you can also high i swear this is a difficult word hybrid hybridate hybridization hybridization yes you can uh, essentially mix plants, uh, mix different plants from the same generation together. And uh, if they, they're a match, essentially, you gain a new seed. So you have a new, uh, new flowers, a new flower or a new plant. And, uh, and so the progression goes on. Uh, you will still need to try and mix match. Uh, plants and uh, see if they unlock something mm -hmm. uh, and this also helps you because of course growing plants will unlock you new decorations and new furnitures but will also unlock things like vases and pots uh, and will help you unlock new rooms of course new room means you have more space to uh, create your environment or where to put your plants uh, and so it just uh, it's a big cycle of uh, okay I have a plant I need to take care of it so you know you need to water it you need to uh, get rid of bugs and, uh, and just see it grow uh, until you have it at full capacity or you know when it blooms and then you will gain some point and with some points you can unlock different things and when then different things are unlocked they are just meant to uh, I don't know how to say it like uh, make it more satisfying to grow plants or to have an environment where the plants are so in the end really the formula is just how we can make growing plants uh, nice and interesting without becoming you know a full-fledged simulator mm -hmm. yeah and so I think it worked 
pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, I played it a little bit. It, for me personally, it worked actually really good. Um, it's it's definitely a very interesting experience. That, mm -hmm. that, that The nice thing about the game is you can't just pick it up, mm -hmm. play it like a few minutes, maybe an hour, and then you, you put it down again, and then you can check later. It's actually perfect for mobile gaming. Like for yeah. something on the Steam Deck or on the Switch, it's perfect. Yeah, uh, it's perfect. I mean, it's a perfect game for on the run. And I mean, we uh, at the beginning, we also realized that. And uh, so we kind of made our adjustments in the game to, be, to make sure that if anything good was to happen, we would be able to easily uh, get the game either on mobile or on the Switch or on the Steam Deck so that people, you know, would grow their plants also on the go. But let's take one step at a time and let's just focus on PC for now. Yeah, that, that makes also sense. But um, once like PC is done, do you have any plans on porting it maybe to the Switch? Uh, we do have plans to porting the game for the Switch. Uh, so yeah, it's something that we're definitely going going to do. So please, you know, come back in in a few months and see if the game has come out because <laughs> hopefully it did. <laughs> The, the interesting part of what 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 would interest me is did you actually set out on making a game that is so well suited for mobile gaming or was that more an accident it was a bit of an accident i would say but because you know just the basic idea of having things growing slowly in, in real time is something real you know really for mobile games but it also was too perfect for you know a, a garden game that we couldn't just you know pass out and just say yeah no let, let's make something else let's change this to mobile-ish and so it happened it kind of happened not too much voluntarily but it was uh too perfect you know uh as a mechanic to just pass out or change over completely but we do realize that that and we have realized it many many times over the development of the game okay so in in developing garden in what would you say is was one of the hardest parts of getting it right uh well yeah one of the hardest hardest part i think there are mostly two things i would say and me okay, i'll just do these three things so the first thing was make sure that the plants were you know interesting plants uh because of course you want you would want to grow something that you know you either already have or are not quite familiar with or something completely new so getting the plants right was just a bit tricky to have the correct combinations of uh, things that were you know a bit familiar but also a bit new because if so someone ha you know has actually interest in, in plant and you know has grown tons of them uh, it might just be a little repetitive uh, growing the the same old plant another time and that was one of the reasons why we decided to make our own plants and try to mishmash them together to make them you know so unique uh, so yeah that that was definitely one of the challenges we faced but you know our our artists did their job really well and i really really like all the plants in the game uh, so yeah that that was 
one of the various things. Uh, second of all was the time, because as we were discussing earlier, uh, you know, this kind of tie, real-time mobile-ish system was a bit tricky because uh, how would you balance when too much time for a player has passed or too little time has passed? Um, because if, if it's too little, then just might as well don't have the time, I would suppose. Uh, or, you know, just kind of kind of lose on the whole concept of, you know, patience you know watching things grow slowly and uh, so we finding this balance between uh, the growth time of the plants was it's not very easy so we we had to try it out many different times before we found one combination that we were satisfied with and the last thing was mainly just about the actual decorations and things essentially all the things that aren't plants inside the game uh because we, we, we were talking about, well, uh, wouldn't uh, adding too many different things or various things that aren't plants in the game make it just uh, a game about decorating a room and there are also plants. So the fine line between, you know, growing plants and decorating a room and uh, decorating a room and also growing plants, uh, a bit tricky. What? <clears throat> okay, so that that is interesting. What would be your biggest like lesson that you've learned in the game, or the biggest lesson the studio has learned? Uh, uh, this is a tough question. Uh, I would say that we uh, we are still like the biggest lessons. Uh, I, we are still learning them, you know, during this uh, publishing and uh, releasing game period because it's it's really when you you have no trust you can just say yeah let's let's do it tomorrow or yeah let's add this or let's do this so it's probably something along the lines of knowing when to draw the line of no more things no more changes no more iterations no more nothing uh, this is also because we're a studio that tends to iterate on things quite a lot so if something ain't right then let's try something else or try why it doesn't working and try to understand the problem and it, it kind of it's a, a blessing and a curse you know what i mean uh, yeah. because we, we try a lot of things uh, we try them quite fast and if they work good uh, if they don't uh, scrap, scratch them uh, but this also you know you have to draw the line of yeah let, let's stop this is everything there is to it and nothing more yeah yeah <clears throat> I think uh, I think that makes a lot of sense what you said um, <clears throat> so what engine were you using for garden in to develop the game uh, what engine do you think we were using it was probably unity but i uh, wanted to know <laughs> from you well uh, this is actually funny because we are actually using the unreal engine for that that's uh, new why why the unreal engine normally if you if you ask an indie dev they say in 90 percent of the time oh yeah we are doing unity yeah yeah i i mean uh, we also started using unity for quite a bit uh but then we have uh, we kind of tried out unreal engine and as, as i was saying before we tend to try things a lot 
and quite fast and you know Ariel just lets you do that quite easily uh, while in Unity it just takes a little bit more time to have the ball rolling like in a both metaphorical and practical sense if you want to have a ball that's just rolling around in a scene you have to make all the all the codes and all the script to be able to make it while in Unreal you just have to connect like four nodes and it's done mm. And um, for another reason was that because our artists really, really enjoy working with Unreal because it lets them, it lets them experiment many different things. So they they kind of are uh, they kind of also like another reason is that they just enjoy messing around in the engine and you know this blend uh, kind of mixes well with our team. So you know this is mainly the reason why Unreal and not Unity. I mean, those are perfectly valid reasons, of course. I'm just surprised because, like I said, normally most indie devs use the uh, use Unity, but it's it's interesting to to see some a team that says, "Yeah, we we did Unreal." Um. So yeah, I figure. Um. Do you want? Okay. So I'm I'm doing the following. Um. I'll give you the podcast for a few minutes so you can tell the audience everything you want to tell them about your game, where they can find you, and everything else, and then we go over to the second part. Uh, okay, so uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at Dramatic Iceberg. Uh, we usually post there some screenshots and some work in progress. Or if you really want to join the community, talk with us. Uh, you can also join on our Discord and, you know, kind of just hang out maybe talk about some plans and uh, yeah we're really happy to have made this journey of making the game and we are already looking forward to making a lot of cool things uh, for gardening uh, so things like updates and whatnot so please stay tuned also for that because we we really want to make some cool stuff i think you already made some cool stuff with gardening but they'll see once the game is out if you listen to this podcast gardening is out on steam uh links in the description so you head over there and and uh buy the game uh, uh, because i say it and and tom also said it well uh, i'll thank you if you buy the game so thank you <laughs> um so this is this is actually um a question that i would like to ask you it has something to do a little bit also with you and your game studio so I, I i at the start i said more or less that uh, in the that like the norm of gaming is that you solve a lot of uh the, the conflict that a game would pose or throw at you with force let's call it force yeah it's not always violence but it's definitely force um did you go uh did you did you and dramatic iceberg say we do not want to go that route with garden in or was that more just because um a a more unconscious decision to say we just want to make a cool game about plants because it's an undeniable trend in the gaming industry that there's a lot of games where you just use force so um, it was a bit of a conscious choice but also a bit of an unconscious choice so because uh, we didn't work like uh, on excluding things so like we're not going to make this genre of games we're not going to make this or that 
uh, it's more like yeah we what we would enjoy making what we would enjoy experimenting with uh, what does it feel you know right uh, to try out uh, so we usually don't we try on not setting these barriers around what we do uh, and this is essentially what happened but you know it's it's not that this the easy way around doing game where it's the, uh, there is a strong conflict or is, there is a strong opposition uh, but I feel that games nowadays are really uh, bringing out uh, and kind of evolving in this genre that is less about uh, these strong conflicts and uh, show of force and more about just uh, experiencing a nice time and what it would be like to just you know sit down and have a cup of tea with you know while talking to someone else nothing too complex but I think it also shows that um, in the latest years uh, you know games have changed quite a lot and of course there are uh, a lot of games of uh, the classic genre like shooters uh, and uh, card games uh, uh, platformers of every kind but also kind of the uh, the feelings and the messages that they are trying to convey uh, in newer games are uh, well, not most of them but some of them are starting to try out to just give this uh, more positive vibe and more more uh, positive feeling. Uh, not saying that the other games, you know, are giving out bad energy or, or negative in any way. Just that they strike a different emotion in within people. Because you know, being there and just I don't know playing a match of a fighting game, like let's say like Tekken, and you just punch your your friend in the face, and you know it's cool because uh, they made all these flashy moves, and because you choose your uh, your favorite character on top of a building, uh, it's cool, and uh, it really makes you feel empowered and makes you feel like uh, something that you probably are not like six foot panda. Uh, suplexing people on top of buildings but focusing more on uh, well experiences like a short hike which I swear really encapsulates uh, you know kind of everyone experience of just uh, going out in the middle of nowhere and trying to find out and find uh, something cool to do because you know there, there isn't much about anything and so this kind of more cozy and wholesome vibes are really uh, trying to shine out in this market with these new types of games and I really enjoy that because I'm quite the avid consumer of these experiences so I'm really happy to see them uh, kind of gaining hold uh, on, on the market and you know coming more and more uh, uh, popular with people yeah yeah I was about to ask that would have been my second question about the counterculture of so-called cozy games where you just basically have like these nice conflict-free experiences I would call them conflict-free for the most part yeah and uh, yeah but you've already answered that question <laughs> so I well, one other things is that uh, sometimes you don't want to really come home 
And this is something that I also realized myself. You just come home after, you know, whatever hours you have worked in the office and maybe you play something that, uh, and I, let, let's call it easy and say, you know, you play like a match of League of Legends or another game like that. And, you know, it kind of feels bad trying to uh, not decide, but see if you're going to have a, a good time or not, just because things happen inside the game that will decide if, you know, you're going to bed with a smile because you just uh, managed to win the match uh, in a cool way, or you're just going to bed saddened because the other people you know either weren't that good or you couldn't manage to uh, surprise the other team and so these kind of games where you want to have this you know give your time whether you have uh, half an hour just take your time and wander wander around for half an hour stress-free you can just take your time and do things as you want and i really enjoy that yeah i i can see that i'm i'm probably a bit of an older gamer or older generation gamer i need like something happening in the game and that doesn't mean i do not appreciate games like gardening i actually do i play them sometimes as well uh, if they are good like gardening but i do prefer action i think and that that's totally reasonable that, that's i also I, I also like sometimes to you know just uh, rumble around or play some card games uh, you know to just have fun and i, I also tend to get mad sometimes so <laughs> so as um as someone who is uh, signed with a publisher you're you're um, signed with a bonus stage and uh what what interests me is like you you i don't know how how in touch you are but then a lot of the time you see like things coming out like p cube that they withhold their funds from um indie devs that they could have used to make games and stuff like that like just just weird stuff happening um how how did you go about to find your publisher and um do you and i don't think you regret it but did, did bonus stage help you along the way in getting your game to the market so we when we were starting searching for a publisher i just kind of uh, i had some friends who gave me some um uh, some emails start working with and uh, then we just kind of compiled this massive spreadsheet of all the people uh, we would have wanted to contact with and uh, so we started sending emails we send them our pitch deck and whatnot and we were really curious because we uh, have had no idea how you know a publisher or someone uh, you know who actually publishes game would uh, approach or react to our game uh, just because it as you said, it's, it's a bit a particular experience and uh, it, it is a complex uh, industry, that of game dev. Uh, a lot of things go around and whatnot. And before we knew it, when uh, the Steam Next Fest of last summer came around, I think it was last summer, yeah, uh, we actually got a bunch of people uh, interested in our game. And uh, and then it's starting the, the process of, you know, now what do we do? Who should we talk with? And uh, how do we know if things are 
right or wrong from one to the other because you know maybe you have some uh, headline news about someone or just a generic uh, idea of what it's like working with a certain publisher but we were kind of bit uh, in the dark and so we really uh, haven't or hadn't really an idea of how to move forward with and uh, and then happened that like the last email I was sending was uh, an email to Sami uh, from bonus stage mm-hmm. I was like well yeah let, might as well send also send this email it's the last one uh, let's see how it goes and the funny story is that he was also uh, trying to reach us out to talk about the game and so we kind of found each other halfway and we're like well we're interested in uh, in your game and well, we're interested in being published by someone uh, mostly because we uh, as i always tend to say we are developers we are really not marketing people and uh, there is a reason if there is a difference between the two works and the two jobs so we make games and you know there are some people way better than me or than my team you know making the game popular or having the game uh, bringing the game in front of the people and uh, I can say that uh, bonus stage really helped us uh, uh, not only in capacity to deliver the game but also you know uh, having the game to be put in front of other people so i would say yeah it was a match it was a positive experience and it, it, i mean it still is so yeah it, it is uh but i mean there are a lot of different publishers out there and a lot of different people so who knows what uh who will be doing what or what are the internal workings of all these publishers yeah of course i mean that 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 is a given um they they also all operate differently i just know that um sammy and asmo do a pretty good job with the resources they have so yeah you choose wisely (laughs) um so i'm talking about the gaming industry as a whole um and you looking in as a developer what is your current least favorite trend that prevails in the gaming industry Ooh. uh this is uh i was not prepared for this question uh let me think i mm, so something that really bugs me off a little bit is when i see games like steam especially flooded with uh low quality games and low effort games or just asset flips in general uh, and you know it's a bit disheartening because you might just trying to search for cool things but all you see are you know basic ripoff or just flips of other games and i know it's a trend uh, to mimic uh, other trends and it, it is a trend that works like the uh the the guy i think it is that made 20 minutes until dawn which was the clone of vampire survivor mm-hmm. A- and i mean I, I don't have a problem with that because it really made a cool game uh starting from some another another perspective or another game uh but it is quite well made but you know making the same thing but you know with zero effort just to try and cash a quick buck or just to you know uh, either put uh, some explicit explicit content uh, on steam or on the front page just like why <laughs> why every time i have to open the steam page i have to see all these things pop up um, 
like that that's not really my uh, my favorite but you know uh sadly it is what it is okay <clears throat> do you and and what is your most favorite trend my miss most favorite trend mm, i really enjoy uh it's, it's not really a trend but uh you know literally the the opposite of what i just said i really enjoy when games try different things or try different approaches uh like how it's called uh, there was this uh game which i saw the other day which is, was called flutter away which is just a cool game about exploring uh, a forest and taking pictures of uh, butterflies which is, which is just you know a very simple idea to the test but it, it was well made and it, I mean it is well made and just and that just tells me well yeah that is something cool that is a colorful and cozy game that I would definitely want to play but as a whole you know having all the different games that try out different formulas even if they are a bit more they, they try out different things and not just try to copy an idea or to copy uh, something that has made uh, the top of the list, uh, especially if they are uh, narrative game, like I just saw uh, the star name named Eos, which you know it's all about taking picture and uh, telling a story, all in this beautiful, beautiful environment, uh, and that just makes me, you know, warms my heart. So hopefully, uh, a lot more of these games, uh, you know, finally crafted uh, with uh, as uh, a small but quite interesting story uh, will come out because I'm definitely looking forward uh, to them and I really hope this trend continues to grow. Okay, that sounds not bad. Um, yeah. Do you do you have uh, any famous last words before we come to the last question? Uh, I don't know. I don't have. Uh, they they do. They my friends do tell me that I say literally uh, too many times. So this will literally be my famous last words before the last question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like it. Okay, um, I I have one last question. I don't know if you listened the entire way through. I I I listened to it, but not the entire way through. I, you got okay. me there. Then then you are unprepared. That's good. Um, so imagine the following scenario: you are in front of the United Nations, and you are going to speak on behalf of all video games. What would you say to the United Nations about video games? Okay, so what I would say is uh, video games are a really powerful medium that most people, especially some older generation, still quite don't understand or don't get, but they really are uh, and they really have the tools to tell some incredible story, some incredible experiences that are not possible with every other, any other tools. So no, no, no cinema, no book, no music piece is able to tell and that it should be uh, not only valued more but used as such and truly understand their capacity to speak with people and to uh, bring good and uh, into you know the, the whole the, the whole world and to people around the world so please uh, try uh, 
and un really understand the medium of video game is really powerful and it's really made up of really cool people trying to tell stories uh value it and share it like it deserves was it uh sweet enough as a message a message to the united nations <laughs> i'll let the united nations be the judge also please stop having you know uh playstation 5 and uh, games uh with higher prices i i swear i can't find a playstation 5 anywhere less than 800 euros and i'm not going to spend them for that high you, you if, if you personally ask me you shouldn't uh, buy sony products at all at least playstation products <laughs> but that's my opinion <sighs> okay so those are some nice last words and this has been the Orcocast. Tom, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. And you can support the Orcocast on Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash theorcosaurus. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, uh, where I stream games as the Orcosaurus. You can check out my second channel uh, here on YouTube, which is also the Orcosaurus. And you can also find me on all the socials as the Orcosaurus. And that's been the Orcocast with Garden and Dramatic Iceberg and Tom. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.